to Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Thank you, Teron, for coming back to the show, doing another interview. Your first interview, people enjoyed it. I don't think a lot of people knew about junk science and understood that you could be convicted off of junk science and what junk science actually is. But you're the first case that was able to explain what it was. Me and Reason have talked about junk science um, on the show before. And so I'm glad that we actually had somebody to tell us about a case that junk science was a thing. But anyway, welcome back. Okay, thank you for having me back. All right, what you want to tell us today? I think the thing about, I want to talk about, it's kind of, it's kind of based around like the, the science, the junk science or whatever, right? They can use stuff to convict us with the junk science, but if you go through what I went through to get convicted, and then you go through the like the post-conviction testing and all this stuff, and it's like the same science that got me convicted when I show something that is contradicting everything that the previous stuff said, which is no prosecutorial misconduct or perjury or whatever the case may be. It's like now the evidence or the same science with the DNA is like it's not strong enough for me now to free me, but it's strong enough to give me 30 years in prison. And now that I got all this, new evidence of DNA, which is more sensitive and more precise now, is more up-to-date. I feel like those tests were more accurate than the older tests were, and they showed that the older tests were inaccurate. And from my understanding of dealing with science, the DNA, like DNA is either meant to incriminate you or exonerate you. It's, no, it's not supposed to be any kind of gray area. Like, either it's yours or it's not. And when they see things that is not yours, it's okay, why am I not free? If you convict me of this and you did, now we did post-conviction testing, it proves you never had what you said you had, and the stuff that you do say you got is no evidence. So how can a person still be in prison? You know what I'm saying? Because like with my case, I think that's what it is. It's almost there's no DNA connecting me to this case at all. But because they can, they cannot find another person's DNA, then that's like the reason why I'm not out already. And it's, I think that's it's unfair. It's not that's not justice. You know what I'm saying? Because me personally, I think my my, my whole thing. I think it's unfair because I feel like in my case, I don't know what happened to the individual, but I feel like all of this some fabricated stuff because it just in and out of control, like the more you read, like more the story spins this way and say this, and some of the contradictions, I, I honestly feel like did nothing happened, you know what I'm saying? But that's just what I believe, but I know for a fact that I'm not the one that did it. So with that being said, it's like now that I, I mean, believe that no one did anything because no, none of this whole story makes any sense at all, and now how can you get DNA for something that never did happen? Then, if you're going to convict me, or say I committed a rape and armed robbery, okay, what proof or what physical evidence you, did you have to substantiate your claim to say that, yeah, you got enough 
to hold me. What do you hold me on? And I feel like that's one of the things that need to be addressed in the justice system because there's a lot of brothers in here that got on. And some people got scared and they took these pleas. Like in situations like me, they took pleas because they were scared to go to trial and get 30 to 40 years like I did. But I just feel like I'm not pleading out to nothing that I did not do. And especially something of this nature. And then by me being so naive to the system also, I've never been in trouble before this. I always felt like this, they're going to realize their mistakes. And that's all I kept hoping on. And it seemed like now that I got older and keep going through it, like now it's not even about them trying to search for the truth or true justice. It's almost like they're going after reputations and they don't want to tarnish their reputation. It's not about justice stuff like that, and I feel like that's something that needs to be addressed within the system, you know what I'm saying, because so much stuff that they know they're doing or know that they have done, and they're not trying to correct their errors, because mm -hmm. by me being a juvenile, and go ahead. The system was built. It's working exactly how it was built. It wasn't built to ever find true justice. It was built to hold somebody accountable for committing a crime against somebody else, whether you committed that, actually committed that crime or not, they feel like somebody has to be held accountable. And in your case, because they can't find DNA of the other person or because they can't, the person who said it happened to them can't remember what the person really looked like or who the person was because you have incidents where, you know, you are in a situation like that and you can't identify the person at all because of trauma or you just can't, you know, they're not identifiable. So the state always feels like somebody has to be held accountable. They don't They don't care who it is. They don't care if it's the right person or not. It's just somebody has to be held accountable. And this is where you have junk science that comes in because, you know, you have, those are state expert witnesses and then the defense are supposed to have theirs. And not all the time the defense gets the money to get expert witnesses to, you know, tell the side of the other story because there's always two sides of the story and what people need to understand that court is and it's, it's a place for state actors to put on their story and it's whoever has the best story and best evidence which who win, who will win and then you got to think about the jury as well because jury, they just like me, you and everybody else on the street. They don't know nothing about the law. All they know is what is presented in front of them, what they see when they have a trial mm -hmm. And what the jury trial instructions are as well. So when you really don't know too much about yeah, the law, I, I then you that's why a lot of people are innocent, that are innocent are convicted because these people don't know nothing about law. They don't understand that about law because I know like when I went to trial, I was learning like a little stuff along with the trial. And I knew that the people, like what you just said, it's like a, a big act. Whoever puts on the best performance is probably going to, win conviction or whatever that is the case at the end, the win or the loss or whatever, because like when I went to trial, it was like the DA did a good job of presenting all this evidence that wasn't even true evidence. And it's like, for instance, it's just something that stick out of my mind. I just keep replaying it so much in my mind. Like it was so money that like, was found in my wallet. But when it was found in my wallet, they got pictures of this money when it was found. And it's folded up in the shape of the wallet when it was found. But during trial, the DA presented the money out of this plastic envelope, and it was all crisp and flat and looked like brand-new money, right? And she's like, oh, you was him. So when the jury see this money looking all fresh, it looked like it just came out of ATM, but I felt like it was like, so 
um, psychology she was playing with them to make them see something that that's not how the money was found. But it's like little things like that. So when they see these things, it's like little triggers or whatever it may be, it makes you feel like, okay, why did you keep the money like this? It's like the money is all crisp and new, and but that's not how I was found. You know what I'm saying? By me being like, my lawyer said, don't say the wrong thing because she started to trip you up. And I want to say something, but I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. That's not how I was found. You know what I'm saying? But that's how I got presented to the jury. And then when they say, oh, we got an expert witness here to testify that this is your blood in a glove, it's like, what else do the jury need? Yo, your DNA is on a crime scene. But then in the post-conviction, it's like, kind of find out. That same expert witness committed perjury in other cases. That thing that you said, said that it was blood, kind of find out. It was never any blood at all. So it's like, now the jury don't have the information. You know what I'm saying? If you go before another trial, I think the case would be totally different. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I feel like America just got a bunch of double standards. Like they use what they want to use when they want to use it when it's beneficial towards them. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's unfair. It's like it's, Very it's unfair. I'm just glad I've been able to keep my sanity because I feel like some of the stuff I've been through and what I've been going through, just for me to still kind of keep my head up and just smile every day and try to encourage others, I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't even be able to do that because physically and probably spiritually also, so it just, system is not right. Because another thing, like when I got convicted as a juvenile, and they sentenced me as an adult, okay, I fell under the juvenile, the little act that the governor passed for like juveniles who were sentenced as adults to be kind of like re-sentenced or the cases re-evaluated. And the governor saying they got like 10 points that they made where they persist was, you know, pointing at black people, like, discrimination and it's like they laying out everything that they have been doing and it's like if you got a record and proof that this is what your system has been doing for this long why don't you go back and fix it you got the evidence you got the proof and i got a stamp from the governor's office that say yo we have done this we have done this to black people and this to black people and this to minority and this that and the third it's like if you know you did all that thing and you basically over-tended people or targeted minorities, why don't you go back and try to fix your mistakes? It's like they're not trying to fix it, and it's not right. You know why they're not trying to fix it? Why is that? Because they made $95 billion off correctional enterprises last year. That is why. If they go back and they let everybody go or re-sentence people that they know for a fact was over-sentenced or wrongfully convicted, that is going to take down their prison population down to probably minimum of none, and then they're going to lose all of their correctional enterprise money that they want y'all to slave to do while they just make the money. Prison is modern-day slavery. That's why we have so many people that have been wrongfully convicted and now are starting to get second chances, even though it takes decades. But yeah, really, the whole United States need to go back and look at everybody's sentence because I'm sure there's so many people that are overly convicted for something they didn't do. I wanted to, I pulled out, it took me a little minute, I wanted to pull out this thing I was telling you about so I can read it and quote a little bit, if you don't mind. It's like this paper from their governor's office, and like this is like some of the stuff they say. Say, whereas development in psychology and brain science continue to show fundamental differences between juvenile and adult minds, specifically the juveniles have less control over themselves and their environments when compared to adults. Whereas the psychological and neurological differences make juveniles less culpable for their conduct and more likely candidates for reform. 
again, whereas under the United States and North Carolina Constitution, children are therefore treated differently from adults for purposes of sentencing. Whereas the North Carolina General Assembly enacted the Juvenile Justice Reinvestment Act, which raises the age of juvenile jurisdiction to 18, becoming the last state in the nation to no longer prosecute all 16 and 17 year olds as adults. And whereas it shows that over 80% of the people committed to North Carolina prisons are people of color. There is a long history of structural inequity and racism in criminal justice systems. And whereas communities of color are disproportionately affected throughout the criminal justice system, with it showing that people of color make up nearly 6% of the population of North Carolina's prisons. And whereas the criminal justice system free of North Carolina and whereas a review mechanism for juvenile sentencing will advance North Carolina's commitment to improve the administration of justice in its state and eliminate racial inequities in the criminal justice system. Okay. Now all of that stuff is like what they saying they already got and they got research to back what they're saying. North Carolina's like they want to do anything about trying to fix anything. Because, like you say, this is modern-day slavery. And if I'm not, if I, I may be wrong, but I think North Carolina is like one of the last states, if not the last state, to end slavery when it was ended in 1865. Like, North Carolina didn't, like, really recognize the, 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 the freedom of slaves until, like, almost 20, 15 to 20 years later, like, way after it was already supposed to be done. Other states had already recognized it. And this was, like, the same thing. Like history repeating itself. Yep. That's why we have mass incarceration here because of slavery. It's that's what the thirteenth Amendment says. That you are you're no longer a slave unless you commit a crime. Once you commit a crime, you become a slave. So yeah. We will probably be the last to change anything because they hold on to those deep roots of slavery and racism. Like it's deep rooted here and it's alive and going. It is. And it's like, you said they made $95 million last year. And I just feel, okay, the money that they made from the prison thing, I wonder how much money they're, like, actually spending or how much money they are spending on keeping the system running or whatever. Because I'm here. The food is completely garbage. Like, clothes and stuff like that. It's like, they saying clothes, but then they have some of these clothes, like, like over and over and over and over. They're not, like, opening up new clothes and then, Stuff like that, man. You talking about housing? The housing is not even the way it's supposed to be. Like none of that stuff. And education is like they got a few classes. And I feel like they do just the bare minimum, just to meet a certain type of quota or something. But I don't see like where a lot of the money is going. You know what I'm saying? Because they say they spending the money on security or staff and all this stuff, but like that. But it ain't really that going on. Like it ain't as violent as they try to portray it to be, mm-hmm. because in here, dudes want to sign up for stuff. Dudes want to get an education program, stuff like that. So this $95 billion that they made last year or however much money they put into the system, hey, if you look at it for the benefit, because there's only certain people probably recently who have got trades or learned certain things that they have been in prison to get out of here and utilize what they have learned because they may have changed into a better person. I feel like it would help the economy more because we can now be into our communities with our families, with our kids in that community and help build on that community. All of these brothers being locked up, you know what I'm saying? Majority of us are black uh, people of color, but 
also the white guys and the other people, you know what I'm saying? They can get out because we got these trades or certain things that we have learned lessons that we want to get out and share with people. And if they were to put stuff into place to kind of change the way this prison system thing is set up from in the level, United States of America, we only represent like 5% of the world's population, but we represent 95% of the prison population in the whole world. That doesn't make no sense at all. In other places, it's like they don't have like prisons like how it is over there. Everybody got so much time and so many people in prison nope. because they kind of out of they kept it in twenty know, years and that's it. And they and are. I feel like if a person, it, it, prison is rough, but I feel like if you give a person twenty years in prison, I feel like that, I know people want to say, "Oh, I want blood, I want death." Somebody killed my person, or somebody did this. But I feel twenty years. For any crime, it's easy for a person to say what they want a person to have if they've never been through it or never stood by nobody's side where they're doing that. That time affects everybody, not just that person. Just, you know what I'm saying? Six degrees of separation. It's like it affects everybody around that person when somebody's doing that time with that person. Okay? When you do 20 years in here, hell, if you do 10 years in here and you're out of society, you are going to change. No matter what, you're going to change because everybody's going to change. Hopefully, most people will change for the better versus the bad. But 20 years in here, I feel like 20 years in here, you're going to change for the better. Like, you're not going to be the same person that you were 20 years ago if you've been stuck and had your freedom stripped away from you. You're going to be more grateful of getting out of here and being out of here if you do 20 years in here. And I don't think they really understand that. You know what I'm saying? Even a person likes it, all that stuff, I think it's cruel and inhumane. You know what I'm Bill sentence is what you just gave a person, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a person showed that they can change or has separate their actions for whatever they're doing wrong and change and made a difference in their life to be something that they can be released back to society. And that's what they need to do, you know what I'm saying? They're just giving our time left and right. But you know why? Because there's no... They can't make money if they let you come out in society and actually be a human being and work and take your trade that you learned in prison and provide for your family and your community and putting resources back into the community don't make them no money. That's why. Because enslaving people is how America has always made their money. If you go back to slavery, cotton was how America's economy got a, got started. And who was picking cotton? My point. Black people. So, once again... That is how they keep continuing to run their economies off the backs of other people. But they want to say, oh, you're lazy. This person's lazy. But no, America is lazy because they want to continue to take resources out of the community so that they can have people in prison so they can get free labor. Prison makes everything, literally everything. It makes license plates. It makes chemicals, material, everything. So imagine if... Everybody yeah. made that on their own. You know what I'm saying? So it yeah, makes no money. I, I know. It's not like enterprises for everything. Yeah, enterprise like everything that just has like stuff that you make from the desk to the chairs to the chemicals that they use to the, like you say, license plates, the signs that you see on the highway. Everything, like I said, it's a bunch of free labor. You know what I'm saying? And like the answer thing here, you go to the canteen, a soda costs like a dollar and some change. Okay, you got three wages in here. You've been making forty cents a day. That's if you can get. If you can get one, you're making forty cents a day. 
70 cents a day or top play, which is a dollar a day. So that's only $7 a week. You know what I'm saying? $30 a month if you're getting top pay. Okay. People say people don't need money in prison, but everything is so hot in the store. A tube of toothpaste is like $4 from change. A deodorant is like $4 from change. Everything is hot. You know what I'm saying? You can't even anything. So if a person don't have any kind of support out there in the world, they're pretty much messed up, you know what I'm saying? Because tablets, they have tablets now. But it costs $15 to get a bundle. So if a person was living off the state or whatever and they had a job, they got to work two weeks just to get a $15 bundle. It's only going to last 25 hours, which is roughly a last of three to four days. That's if you stretch your time out. Four hours there, four hours there, whatever. And it's I can't even afford to have nothing on the tablet. So if a person don't have any money, you don't, you can't do nothing. And everything is so high. They're not trying to do anything to help people in that, that type of situation or nothing. You know what I'm saying? And it's so much stuff. I, I swear, I wish the world really knew what goes on in here. Like, they think they know, but they have no clue, like, how this stuff goes on in here. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like the pretty talking about stars nuts for extortion and stuff. Prison system is like the biggest charade in the world yeah. because from how much it costs for us to call home, how much it costs for the canteens, like stuff that in the grocery store, suits suits might cost like ten, fifteen cents, and like these little suits they sell them like marked up price like forty cents. You know what in the world? Okay, you, know, you go if you get a write up, that's a ten dollar write up. You know what I'm saying? And you can get with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you to shut up, and you're like, who are you talking to? And they tell you this will be in the red door, and then you got a write up. This write up costs you $10. Mm-hmm. If you go do a sick call, a sick call is $5. If it's an emergency sick call, it's $7. And now, if I owe $80 for write ups and sick calls or whatever the case may be, and my people send me $100, and I still owe them that too, but they just want to take 98% of my money I just got. I'm like, Damn, the government, the IRS don't even take that much money when people owe taxes or something like that. How are y'all able to just take our money? You know what I'm saying? When it's not earned wages, it's just like my people gave me. You're not supposed to touch that type of stuff. So it puts the family in debt. People don't know or don't talk about. It puts the family in debt as well. Because we have to put money on your tablet, then it costs us 25 cents to send a message per message. You know what I'm saying? And then we get charged a fee. Each time we put money on account, so you got a JPay account, you got a GTL account, you got a GTL getting out account, you got a text behind account. So all these fees that they are accruing, like they just making billions of dollars by having people incarcerated and they keep putting families in debt because it's like they just keep taking from the community and that's okay. And that is just so wrong. So wrong. So many people go in debt just trying it's, to it's take not care right. It's not right. It's already, there's already majority of the people that's in prison that are out there probably are struggling to make ends meet or might not be as you know, financially blessed as most people, but there's somebody you love in here. So this, everything got a fee. Like you say, the test behind it is like, why did you stop where I could just get a letter directly from my family? Why do I got to send it to a whole nother state for them to make a copy of that letter? It's not right. It's not. People don't understand it. You got more to spill or you done? I might be done for right now. All right. Because I got to go to work. But I appreciate talking to you and you just let me know whenever, you know, whenever you need a day. I appreciate you. We appreciate all the knowledge you give. Thank you. 
So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.